to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to prepare relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you uh, bought some goodies to support Bless the Children home, they're available today for pickup. And if you have any questions, you can see Sean and Kelsey. And uh, praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Money keeps coming in to Bless the Children home. Yes. Glory to God. And. Uh, if you know of a family that would be in need for uh, Christmas, um, there's a form in the back there. You can put that in the podium, and you just want to be a blessing to them. Um, also, too, uh, one of our family members, Bonnie, she is recovering. Uh, she had to get some surgery on her uh, ankle, and um, we want to do a card, a card shower for her. So there's a basket in the back there. You can drop it off uh, all during this week or mail it in. Um, and they, or you can email uh, Lisa, Lisa BCF at gmail.com and we'll gather them all together and uh, give them in one love basket. Amen? Put some love in the baskets. Glory to God. And this Tuesday, our youth are going to have their Christmas party. Awesome. It'll be a Christmas party like no other. And uh, this Wednesday, we're going to have our candlelight service. And um, we're gonna we're, we're gonna focus on the joy of the Lord, yeah. Amen? Amen. And uh, it'll be all right on celebrating our camera service. Just the joy breaks yeah. out, yeah. You know? And uh, if you want to get in your uh, final offering for this year, you can have it postmarked by December thirty first. Amen. Well, I want to uh, read a portion of scripture. From Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, did you know that God is a sure thing? You don't lose giving to God. And Abraham knew this. And I'm glad that when the New Testament gives us light on an event in the Old Testament... It helps us understand better what happened. Notice this in Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, everybody say by faith. Abraham, when he was tried or tested, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises... Offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall your seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up. Say, God is able to raise him up. Even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now, get this. The Lord showed me this this morning. 
When you give an offering to God, when you give a gift to God, when you bring your tithe to God, we might count it as a loss. But God considers it a gain. We might think it's dead to us. I'm not going to give that back. But in God's eyes, it's a resurrection. So Abraham, he used his obedience and his expectation. He knew that when he gave Isaac as an offering, he wasn't going to lose. There was no way that he could lose. So he had no problem investing his greatest offering to God because he knew that no matter what happened, there was going to be a resurrection. He gave that offering to God in faith, knowing this. Amen? When you give to God, you may think it's decreasing your account, but actually it's increasing your account. It's increasing your future. Abraham didn't have to offer Isaac, although he went, he did as if he was going to. He, he was, he was all in. His whole heart was all in. He wasn't going to cut corners, right? Let me just, let me just do the bare minimum. No. No, God's not a bare minimum God. I mean, Jesus didn't get on part of the cross. Amen? He, he didn't just die a little bit. He didn't just shed a little bit of blood. Right? And he doesn't want that of us either. So Abraham, God told him to give a gift. It was the gift that he believed for. It was the gift that was most precious to him. It took Abraham 25 years to get that gift. And he freely gave it to God, knowing that no matter what happened, he was going to come out greater. He was going to come out better. Amen? Amen. So he had no problem giving to God because he knew that there would be a resurrection. Did you know that when you give... Listen. <laughs> the sowing of your seed causes the resurrection of God to be activated. Yes. When you sow your seed, it dies. But in its death, it brings forth life. And it comes up more than when it was stoned in the name of Jesus. Yes. Think about this. God knew that when he would give his son to the world, his family would increase. Yes. So he knew that in giving his son, he can't lose. Because the increase of family members was far greater than the cost of the seed that he sown. Amen? Yes. So you got to, you have to think of your giving as seed time and harvest. Every time you give, it's planting a seed. And you've got you to you gotta obey God, but you've got to expect. Amen? amen? Say obedience, obedience. and expectation. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Without hesitation. Right. You've got to do it the moment God tells you to do it. Because yeah. God's timing He's got a better, he's got a better perspective, and he's telling us to do something now because he knows that we have to do it now. Amen. Amen. And 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 God is, he has perfect timing. Yeah. God is never late. Father, I thank you for the privilege 
of sowing seed into your kingdom. And Lord, VCF is full of a bunch of sowers. And we know that your word says you give seed to sowers. And what they sow, Lord, you make it grow. And we just give you thanks and praise for the abundant, overflowing, more than enough increase that comes as a result of our giving to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And you know, we give to missionaries as a church as well. So we're not we're not saying anything that we don't do. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, are you excited this morning? Yes. I know that we have some anointed teachers who are going to teach our kids this morning. Kids life. It's kids living in faith every day. Kids, are you ready to receive some faith for today? All right, kids, get ready. Have a good class. Sandwich with the pom poms. <laughs> I tell you, I am pumped up today. I know that every challenge that comes my way, it's already I've already been scheduled a victory. Yes, and God's already stamped it overcome. Yes. And I just gotta stand in Him, rest in faith, and He'll do the rest. Right. Amen. I do my part, and God does His part. Isn't that right? Yeah. And, and we do have a part to play. Yes. It's called our faith. Our faith is our action. All right, I want you to go to the book of Luke this morning. And we're going to continue with the miracle of Christmas. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, Christmas is a miracle. It really is. A miraculous time. But you know what? Christ, uh, miracles aren't just reserved for Christmas. You can have a miracle year, a miracle month, a miracle week. Amen? Amen. How many expect miracles? Yes. Yep. When you woke up this morning, you should expect miracles to come your way. We don't know when they'll come. We don't know how they'll show up. We just know that God's going to do something great today. Say that with me. Say, God, uh, you're going to do something great, great for me today. For me today. One more time. Say, God, uh, you're going to do something great, do something great for, me for me today. Amen. That's a good thing to say every day. Amen. When you're driving to work, when you're going to Walmart, when you're doing whatever you do, just say, you're going to do something great for me today. God is a great God and he does great things for his children. So this morning we're going to continue. And uh, I want you to look at verse 28. Luke chapter 1, verse 28. The discussion of the angel with Mary... And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, 
Notice this next phrase, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is the miracle of God's presence. The miracle of God's presence. What an awesome thing. For an angel to come to Mary and to let her know that the Lord is with her. The Lord is for her. The Lord favors her. You know what? Just as Mary was favored, you're favored too. Favor was not just reserved for Mary. But this is a powerful thing, knowing that God is with you. Say, God is with me. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God is with you? That's such a powerful thing to know that the Lord is with you. He is for you. He is on your side. He is cheering you on. He is there to help you. He is there to do things on your behalf so that you succeed. When God says, I'm with you, that is a promise that we can take to heart. Now let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. You know, some people, they think because of what they've done or the mistakes that they've made, that they're not worthy for God to be with them. But that's exactly why He's with us. Amen? To give us forgiveness. To set us free from bondage. You know, um, it's an important thing to know who's with you. Right? If you're preparing a meal and you invite someone, who are you bringing with you? So that you know how many plates to set. Right? Well, you've got someone with you that is the most awesome being in the universe. Amen? And in Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 22. Matthew 1 and 22. And uh, once again, uh, this is uh, saying here. And uh, all now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. This is what Isaiah said in Isaiah seven fourteen. He says, "Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son." And they shall call his name Emmanuel. He wasn't Spanish. Right? Which being interpreted is God what? Say Emmanuel is here. Do you believe that Emmanuel goes with you in your car? Emmanuel is with you when you're washing the dishes. Emmanuel is with you when you're out having fun. It's God with us. God is with us. He is ever present, ever ready to work on your behalf. So we're going to look at 
The under, we're going to get an understanding today of this miracle of God's presence. God's presence is miraculous. It's effervescent. It's bubbling. It's flowing. It's vibrant. It's magnificent. It's glorious. My goodness, that's enough to shout right there. So God's presence was throughout the Christmas story. The angel Gabriel said, I come from the presence of God. He was a direct messenger who stood in the presence of God, and he came and was sent by God to deliver a message. Okay? And the angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds. And the Bible says in Luke 2.9, And the glory of the Lord was around them. That means the glory of the Lord was present right there where they were. And then, uh, so God was present in the temple. He was present in homes. He was present in dreams. He was present in the field. He was present in the barn. He was present in the city. Oh, he is everywhere. And guess what? He's with you. He's sitting with you right now. He's in this atmosphere right now. He is with us. Emmanuel is here. And wherever he is, something is about to happen. Good things happen where he is. Healings happen. Situations get turned around that were negative because he is with us. So his presence, the assurance of God's presence strengthens faith. Because where his presence is, his message is. And where his message is, faith flows. So we have assurance of God's presence. It strengthens our faith. I'll never forget when I was in Tennessee before I was married. I was living in an apartment. My dad and I, we went down to Cleveland, Tennessee to get me set up for Lee College, which became Lee University. But at that time it was Lee College. And uh, I picked this apartment. And it was the end apartment upstairs, and next to the apartment was an embankment. Well, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that past that embankment was train tracks. And about two o'clock in the morning, my father and I were suddenly awakened as the headlight of the train shined right into my apartment. It looked like the train was coming straight for me, but it was right past me. I'm like, oh my gosh, the building was shaking because we were like maybe 15 feet from the tracks. Anyway. But one day, I was heading out somewhere from that apartment. And as I was exiting the door, I had to stop for just a minute. Because God was speaking to my heart. I didn't hear an audible voice, but you know, you know, he speaks in the inside. 
And God said this to me. He said, as I was with Moses and Joshua, so shall I be with you. See, because I didn't have everything figured out of what God wanted me there for at that time. It was a work in progress. And you know what? God's still working. Amen? I have figured some things out, but I don't have everything figured out. Amen? And uh, it was in Cleveland, Tennessee, where I got my first practical training of ministry outside of Bible school, where I had to put to the test what I learned. You know, it's one thing going to Bible school and taking the test, but it's another thing carrying that out in real life. Amen? And when God puts you in charge of ministry and you're as green as the corn just shooting up from the ground, right? And you don't have a clue and you're just trusting God. To know that God is with you, that's an encouraging thing. The assurance of His presence opens up your receptivity to His goodness. Knowing that God is with you makes it easier to receive from Him. Doesn't it? It opens up your hearts. It's like, wow, God is with me. You, God, you chose to be with me. You're with me. What a revelation that is. It makes you open to receive of His goodness. You know, do you know why God is with you? Because He loves you. He's with you because He loves you. And guess what? He knows you better than anybody, and He loves you. The assurance of His presence, it shows His compassion, kindness, and gentleness. You know, anytime God showed up to people, some of them freaked out a little bit. Right? But He always assured them. He always calmed their fears. He always said, fear not. Don't be afraid. It is I. Be of good cheer. Look at your neighbor and say, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. The assurance of His presence boosts your confidence. When Mary heard those words, she became more confident than what she was before. God is with me. You know when God is with you, you can do anything. When God is with you, you can do all things because He strengthens you. God wants to interact with you. He wants to communicate with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to abide with you. You mean God wants to hang out with me? Yes. That's what abide means. That's what he thinks of you. Why do you think he created man? He wanted someone to pal around with. He wanted someone to talk to. He could have talked to the animals. God speaks all languages. He could have talked to them. But he made man in his own image, in his own likeness. He made you. Because he, he longs for fellowship. He longs for relationship. God is not a long distance relationship. God is an on the spot relationship. Now, with God, long-distance relationships are cool because there's no interference, no drop calls. 
to participate in his affairs, guiding and directing us according to his plan and purpose. Christmas is his story and how he came as a man. It's his story, it's history. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful story. Now, in the Old Testament, God's presence was obvious. When he delivered them out of Egypt, he appeared as a cloud by day and a fire by night, a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire. It could be seen. It could be heard. It moved. Oh yeah, there's God. God's with us. And they, whenever they would set up, wherever the pillar and the, of the cloud and fire would reside, that's where they set up camp. Because they knew that God was with us. And when the pillar moved, it's time to pack up camp and go. They moved with God. God appeared on Mount Sinai. There was thunder. There was lightning. There was smoke. There was lights. There was shaking. There was thunder. There was all kinds of things that could be seen. Oh yes, there's God. See, He's with us. You can, the, the, the Israelites could point to the pillar. They could, even the pillar of fire went in between them and the Egyptians, and it kept the Egyptians. The Israelites had light, the Egyptians were in darkness. It acted as a defense. But it could be physically seen. But in the New Testament, he's not seen like that. Not that he can't be seen, but he, he, he abides in a different way. He's in us. He's in us. You can't be any more with you than in you. Right? So Emmanuel, God with us, he, he is an intimate God. He is up close and personal. If anybody can get in your business, God can. Because he knows your business. He knows the things you don't think he knows. The things that we keep hidden. You know, it's easy for us to hide things. I know, I used to keep a lot of things inside. Except for the word, but... Like emotionally and stuff, I kept a lot of things inside. And then it would come out at the wrong time in the wrong way. Like an explosive force. Then it would cause damage. Listen, don't keep things inside too long. But God is an inside God. He's God's inside man. That he, he placed within us. Hallelujah. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God in human form. He is living, moving among us. Can you say amen? amen? Those who follow Jesus in his earthly vision, everywhere Jesus was in his physical body, that's where the things that were happening were. Right? And his disciples followed him for three years. They went with him here. They went with him here to Judea, to Galilee, to Capernaum, 
to hear, to, to, to get people healed, to set people free, to set things in order. They, they, everywhere he was in his physical, but he was limited in a physical body. In a physical body, you can only be in one place at one time. Right? But God needed to stretch out of his limits. And he needed to be able to be everywhere. So, on the day of Pentecost, God chose to pour out his spirit on, on who? All flesh. Everyone in this planet has access to the Holy Spirit if they want it. Some don't want him, but everyone has access to him if they do. Why? He's been poured out on all flesh. Right? It was prophesied and it was fulfilled in Acts 2. Okay? So, the church, we are the body of Christ. And He abides in His body. Amen? He's, he, he's not having an uh, extended out-of-the-body experience. No. God is very much in His body. Amen? So, in the New Testament now, Old Testament, pillar of fire. Pillar of cloud. New Testament, he comes in us as the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is not limited to time and space. He can be everywhere at any given moment. He can manifest there, manifest here, manifest there, and there's no problem for him because he's unlimited. That's good news for us because wherever you go, he's there. He's with you and he's there. Hallelujah. See, now we have a more intimate relationship with God. You know, people often wonder, have you ever wondered this? What would it be like to be with Jesus physically? You know, to, to eat with him, to talk with him. Guess what? We have it even better. We don't have to be with him physically. We can be with him because he's inside of us. Ladies who are mothers... Let me ask you this question. When you were pregnant, did you talk to your womb? Amen? Yeah. I mean, when Fiona was pregnant, we would have uh, hands on her, we would pray over her, we would talk over her. See, well, what are you doing? See, a seed was planted on the inside of her, right? And now uh, a mother is carrying that seed around. And that seed starts to have physical attributes, Right? Your uh, hormones change, your belly starts to expand as the baby expands, but now you're fellowshipping with that baby which is on the inside. You can talk to the baby, right? The baby hears you, the baby hears you more, the baby reacts. You know? Oh, the baby's kicking me. Right? There's certain foods that the baby accepts, and there's certain foods that the baby says, uh uh. Right? But see, just like a woman who's pregnant with a baby, carrying around that seed, she's fellowshipping with that seed. She's talking with that seed. See, this is the relationship that we have with Jesus today. It's just as real, him on the inside, as if he was physically here, sitting in the chair. So, you can talk with Jesus. You can eat with Jesus, because he's with you. He's inside of you. We've got to be God inside minded. This is his new position that he's taken up. He's Emmanuel. 
He's God with us. Hallelujah. Jesus said, when I go away, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you because I'm going to send another comforter. One just like me. He is God. He is divine. He has deity. But he is not limited as my physical body is limited. And he's going to be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. And he shall be in you. John 14. That's found there. Hallelujah. He doesn't just walk with us, but he helps us to live godly lives. He empowers us. He leads us. He guides us. He teaches us. No other God has given his worshipers a personal life coach like the Holy Ghost. God gave us his spirit. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Romans 8, dwells where? In you. He shall quicken your mortal body. Say, right now, my mortal body, my flesh and bones, is being quickened. Made alive by the power that's inside of me. Does Alpha-Sensor work on the outside? Or the inside? See, if you need you, if you need some relief, oh, what a relief it is! Drop. I remember the old commercial. Drop, drop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is! Alka-Seltzer. But see, here's what happens. Nothing happens on the outside, but it's when you take the tablet and you drop it on the inside. That's when the effort, That's when the things start to happen. That's when the power's released. When it's on the inside. Oh my goodness. God with us. God is say God is with me. I want you to be so convinced of that today. This is part of the Christmas story. This is what his word declared. What does this mean? God is with us. He's working in my life. He's working on me. You know, God is a carpenter. He's a psychologist. He's a doctor that didn't even have a medical degree. He healed people by abnormal means. How many have ever gone to the doctor and said, take a dose of spit and call me in the morning? You, you go to fill your medicine bottle. <laughs> I, I like that one dose of spit, please. <laughs> That's how Jesus healed, right? I'll give you some medicine. <laughs> Put that on your eyes. You can only do that to blind people, though. <laughs> they don't see what's coming. <laughs> If someone were to see what Jesus did, you ain't put that spit on me. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, God with us has an extra special meaning to those who are yielded to God. 
to those who are walking with him. He, he, he's in my life in a very personal way. He, the creator is in me. The king is in me. The healer is in me. Say the healer is in me. The healer is in me. It means that I'm never alone. When you know that God is with you, you're never alone. It means that in my darkest times, I've got an advocate that can help me, that can change the situation. I've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. It's a greater privilege to have him in us. God is with you. God is for you. God is on you. He comes on you. And God is here to help you. He calls you. He authorizes you. He accepts you as you accept his word. We are accepted in the beloved. Well, I didn't think what he said. Someone has. Get over it. (laughs) The greatest person, the most valuable opinion whose opinion really matters is God. God has accepted you. He's accepted you with all your stuff. Thank God. God went from a visible presence to an invisible house guest. Hallelujah. He speaks and interacts with you. Go go with me to John chapter 14. Let's read this. John chapter 14. This is just because I want to build your faith on this. I don't even know if I'll get to the second point today, which is the miracle of the Holy Spirit. John 14, verses 15 and 16, or verses 15 and 18, I'm sorry. If you love me, 15, keep my commandments. How do you know you love God? By keeping his commandments, by doing what he says. If you don't do what he says, you don't love him. Period. Jesus said this. This is Jesus talking. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may what? Abide with you how long? Oh my goodness, forever. He wants to abide with you forever. Glory to God. He is eternal, by the way. And he is everywhere. He is in heaven and he's on earth. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it doesn't see him, neither does it know. The, the world can't recognize the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost were dressed up in the finest suit with a bright orange hat on and walk into a place, the world would recognize it as the Holy Ghost. They can't, they, they are unable to recognize the Holy Ghost. But, 
and they don't know him, but you know him, say, I know him. Amen. If you know him, say amen. amen. What a privilege that is to be able to know him. For he dwells with you and shall be in you double portion. Yes. With and in. Yes. With and in. When did he, he's with you. When did he get in you? When you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, he moved in. And when you got immersed in the Holy Spirit, he came on from within. He came up on. Up from within on. He's like old faithful. At Yellowstone Park, you know, at certain times, I don't know what the times are, never been there, but at certain times, old faithful will spew out something, right? I don't know if it's water or smoke or whatever, but something from within comes out and he's old faithful. And then we got an old faithful on the inside of us. And guess what? We don't have to wait for a certain time for him to come out. We can just let him out any time. Go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Last two verses of the chapter. 19 and 20. Jesus just declared that he has all power. Did you know what kind of power you got on the inside? You got almighty power. You got everlasting power. You got healing power, strengthening power, delivering power on the inside of you. Verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. All three. You got to get baptized in God. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am what? How long? Always. Even unto the end of the world. Say, he's with me. He's in it for the long haul. He's in it so that you can accomplish your purpose while you're here on this earth. Because our time on earth is limited. We don't have an unlimited supply of time. Too many people are waiting to do for God tomorrow what they should be doing today. Because time is going to come to a close. In Matthew 18, 20, he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, what did he say? There I am. I'm with them. Amen? So he's with us. Whenever God proclaimed or promised someone that he was with us, they did great things. He told Joshua, I will be with you. And Joshua went on to defeat many kings. He told Isaac, I'm going to be with you. And Isaac prospered, increased, prospered, until he became very wealthy. That's what, based on what God said, I'm with you. God said, I'm going to be with Gideon. And what happened? Gideon took on an innumerable army with 300 men. Why? Because God was with him. In each of those instances, God declared that I will be with you. Whenever he proclaims that or promises that, He's going to do something great and miraculous for you. You're going to do something that's impossible. You're going to do something phenomenal. You're going to do something wonderful. Why? Because 
Isaiah 41.10 Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Oh my goodness, I'm so consumed with God, fear has no room in me. Has no place in me. Fear comes out the door. Sorry, fear, we have no room at the end. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen. So whenever we're experiencing fear, we gotta let God in. We gotta re- remind ourselves that He's with us. And He's greater. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the signifying of his power. Do you know what he did with his right hand? He rose Jesus from the dead. You got resurrection. You got the resurrection hand to help you. Oh, come on, somebody. We got the resurrection hand to lift us up when we're down, to pick us up when we've fallen, to to put us in place when we've lost our position. We've got a hand. The right hand of God is with us. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Because God God is with you, you're never going to have any trouble. (laughs) Whoever told you that lie. Jesus himself said, in the world you have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Did not Jesus say you'll have trouble? So if you think you're never going to have any trouble, that's just preposterous. You will have trouble, but, oh my goodness, you already have the solution to your trouble in you. You already have the way out of your trouble in you. Come on. You've already, you are already equipped for victory. Yes. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be where? Did you know, did, did, did Paul pass through the waters? Yeah. He, he, he told the captain, he said, don't take this journey because it's not going to be good. But Paul wasn't a captain of the ship. Paul didn't have an influence. All he could do was give a suggestion. Right? He wasn't in charge of the ship. So the captain made his own decision. Oh, we're going to go. What happened? They hit a nor'easter. Right? And it was dark for days. They threw out the, the, uh, the supplies. They threw out all the fishing equipment. They threw out everything. People hadn't eaten. But what happened? An angel appeared to Paul in the midst of the storm. And he said, Paul, no life is going to be lost. 230 people saved. He said the ship could be lost, but no life would be lost. Why? Because he had his presence. Amen. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, I passed through a river. I fell into a river in New Zealand. I did, I passed through. That, that current took me. I had a borrowed gun. I didn't lose the gun. I held on to it. I said, I'm not going to lose this gun. And let me tell you, I, I, it was hard swimming the shore. And not only that, I didn't know how to find my way back. But God brought me through the river. I made through the river. Got the shirt. No. 
They shall not overflow you. God save me from drowning in a river. Praise the Lord. When you walk through the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they walked through the fire. They had to get put into the oven, but they walked through it. It wasn't a camping place. It was a place where they said, oh, bye-bye. This was not going not to stay here. When you walk through the fire, where was Jesus in the fire? He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king said, Did we put in three? How come there's a fourth man? And he looks like the son of God. He was with them in the fire. Well, if God's really with me, why did he let me, why did he let me go through the fire? Because you needed to build your faith. Where do you think testimonies come from? From Maurice?
the messenger was done with his message. How long, would it, how long does it take for you to, to accept the word? Huh? You got to think about it. You got to kind of reason it about how is this going to work? You know, uh, those of you, myself included, who like to analyze things, you think of the different scenarios, you think of the different ways. You know, you're like a mad professor. <laughs> what are you doing? You're analyzing where you are. How, how's it going to work? What's going to happen? How's it going to make this? How's it going to pop? You get caught up in the analytics. Put the, put the analysis aside and just trust God. Be it according to me and to your word. You know, if, if someone stood before you when you were sick and said, you're healed in Jesus' name, what do we do? We need to take that word. We just need to say, okay, I'm healed. That's it. I don't need any other proof. I don't need any more evidence. What you said is true. I accept it as true. It's mine. Done. A lot of people in the Bible did that. That's the highest level of faith, by the way. Jesus said, oh, that's the greatest faith. The Roman centurion. Only speak the word. Everyone else wanted to touch Jesus. Now, touching Jesus isn't bad. But Jesus didn't marvel at those who touched him. He marveled at the one who said, Only speak the word and it shall be sold. Amen? I don't know about you, I want to make Jesus marvel. Let it be done according to the word. Then the angel left her. Right? Those who receive his word receive his miracle working power. He always works in conjunction with his word. God is a word God. Anybody that's going to give you a book with 66 chapters, 40 different writers, that all speak about one subject, you know he's serious about his word. Amen? 1198 chapters. Amen? So, the miracle of God's presence, God with us. You're not in this life alone. I don't care what the enemy tries to tell you. You are not alone. Someone is with you. You've got a line of Judah in you. You've got the Prince of Peace in you. You've got the Joy Giver in you. You've got the Provider in you. Some of you need provision. You've got a way maker in you. God specializes in making ways where we don't think there's one. I've looked everywhere. Yeah, but just look to me, God says. I'll make a way, man. He's got a machete. It's called the sword of the spirit. He can make a way. Do you know that <laughs> when he led his people out of Egypt... He didn't build the way he already had it built. Because he knew the way he was going to lead them to go. It's not like he had to call the Army Corps of Engineers and say, you need to build me a bridge underneath the city. No, he already had it ready, but it was hidden. No one could see it. Not even the devil. The devil didn't even know it was there. The devil didn't even know the entrance was a stick. Moses had the key in his hand. What's in your hand? A stick. Raise it up. I'm going to open up the Red Sea. Moses opened up the Red Sea with a stick in his hand. And two to three 
million people walked across through the Red Sea with walls of water on either side on dry ground. They didn't even have mud on their shoes. Why? Because someone was with them. When, when you know he's with you, he's paving the way. Emmanuel, God with us. He's not just some distant God. He doesn't know what's happening. He just didn't make the earth and say, okay, whatever. What will be, will be. Okay, sarah, sarah. No, God is actively involved. All right, well, let's just talk a little bit about, for a couple minutes, about the miracle of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. Go to, go to Luke chapter 1, verse 35. 35. Mm-mm-mm. Say, it's about to get thick in here. Who, if you're ready to yield to the Holy Ghost, say hallelujah. See, when you come to a service, it's not all up to the preacher. It's the preacher and the people working together with the Holy Spirit. And there were times when I I saw this, I heard this, when, when Brother Hagen would want to do something, he felt like the Lord wanted to do something, but he said the people were putting the brakes on it. And, and isn't that what happened to Jesus? He went to his hometown and could do no mighty work there. Why? People put the brakes on it. Well, I thought God is God. God's a people person. He likes to work with people. I mean, seriously, if, if he wanted us to be all born again, he would have just made us that way, Right? But he wants your faith. He wants your love. He wants your participation. That's the way he set it up. It's not going to change. Yes, there are times when God sovereignly moves, but 99% of the time, he moves in the atmosphere of faith. He moves with faith. More than half the miracles that he did were based on people's faith. So the angel answered her. Mary was asking how. Say it's okay to ask how. You know, when you don't understand something, it's okay to ask God for understanding, isn't it? The angel answered her and said unto her, the Holy Ghost. Let me say the Holy Ghost. He is the one with the most. Shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you therefore also that holy thing shall be born of you shall be called the son of God so he fills he permeates and he pervades places and people Mm-mm-mm. he's like the Bavarian cream in a donut with a hole and the baker comes along and sticks that cream filler in that hole and squeezes that thing and the cream just bursts through. And then when you take a bite of it, it gets all over your chin. And there's so much cream in it. I speak from experience. 
<laughs> Although I will say that it's been very far and few between. I've limited, I've had, I haven't had many of those recently. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a moment of confession. <laughs> Ooh, I'm cleansed. <laughs> So what did the Holy, what did he say? Number one, he's going to come on you. When he comes on your ordinary, you become extraordinary. He's like when you put on a new garment and it fits perfectly. You're like, oh, this feels so good. He comes on you. The Holy Ghost, he's going to come on you. Like a frog on a lily pad. He's just going to come on you. Alright? He might even tackle you. I don't know. And when he comes on you, then you're under the extraordinary special influence of the Spirit. It's very similar if you've ever been intoxicated with alcohol, and I have that. Of course, that was decades ago. <laughs> when you're intoxicated, it will change your personality some way. Some people who are intoxicated, they become fighters who are passive. They become very aggressive. Others become joyful, hilarious. Right? Intoxication affects people differently, but you come under the influence. What do they call it? Driving under the influence. In other words, that thing just didn't come on you, but you gave it permission to influence you. And now you're under its influence. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Right? He, he changes the order and course of nature. He gives you power. When the Holy Spirit came on Mary, a seed was planted in her womb, miraculously bypassing every natural means. The Holy Ghost likes to come on people. When did Samson exercise strength? When the Spirit of the Lord came on him. That's when he had the power. That's when he could kill a a thousand soldiers with the jawbone of a donkey. It's when the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God didn't come on him, he was just as ordinary as everybody else. But when the Spirit of God would come on him, he would do feats of strength. He would, he would operate under the power he was being influenced by. So he comes on you. Amen? Jesus told his disciples, in Luke 24, he says, Behold, I send the promise of the Father unto you, upon you, to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are due with power from on high. So the power came from on high, and it came upon the disciples who were in the upper room. Amen? They heard a sound from heaven. The power from heaven came on them. It, was, it, it came in a visible sign with flames of fire. Imagine flame of fire on your head. You're a hothead. No, that's the Holy Ghost. 
on you. There are times, even, even when the Holy Spirit is in you, there are times when He will come on you to do something, to take a stand, to stand up, to speak something. Amen? I know throughout the times of, of my following God, there were times, when, special times, when the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit was inspiring me to do something. He would come on me to do that thing. Even though I had it in me. When he comes on you, there's going to be good results. It was when the Holy Spirit came on Elijah that he ran faster than the chariot to Jezreel. Okay? His coming on you empowers you. He lights your fuse. The Bible says in Acts 1 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is what? Come upon you. He comes upon you and he gives you power. Do you know what that word witness is? It's more than just to evangelize. You know what it means? To be willing to die for what you believe. You believe it so strongly that you're willing to give your life. That's why a lot of people who go to church were martyrs. They didn't mind giving their life for God for what they believed. Amen? They were witnesses. So then, when he comes upon you, then he overshadows you. He casts a shade on you. Woo, say, I'm sitting in the shade. <laughs> you know, I remember the times when I went to Guyana. It's hot in Guyana. I sweat constantly. I mean, I sweat anyway, but in Guyana, I'm constantly soaked. I take a shower, five, five seconds later, drip, drip, drip. Didn't you just take a shower? Yeah, drip, drip, drip. It's hot. But when you find something that's shady, oh my goodness, that shade brings relief from the heat. And that's why a lot of the houses in Guyana are on stilts. Or they're on post, they're elevated, and a lot of people have hammocks underneath the house. Why? Because it's shady under the house. And you can sleep in the shade. You just feel the breeze of that shade because you're protected from the heat. And you can sleep like a baby. Amen? So God overshadows you. He overshadows you. The angel said he'll come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And uh, go to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. God's overshadowing us today. When you feel in the heat of the trouble, you can get in the shade of the shadow. And you'd be like, where's the trouble? I don't know. It's gone away. Psalm 63, verse 7. Notice what it says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will look. What has he been? He's been your help. The one who is with you. He's helping you. And because you got someone to help you, all you can do is sit in the shadow and rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What do you got to rejoice that I'm in the shadow? He's helping me. And I'm just resting from the shadow. I'm rejoicing. You got to rejoice in this place a little bit. Come on. Amen. 
I rejoice in the shadow of his wings. Go to Psalm 91 1. We all know this. We confessed it for the first quarter of the year. Listen to this. He that dwells in the secret place. Why is it a secret? The devil don't know where he is. It's secret from the devil. It's secret from the enemy. It's secret from the world. It's the secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the who? The Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The El Shaddai. The more than enough. Too much God. I'm just dwelling in His shadow. Amen? Amen. I'm abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. The All-Powerful. The Omnipotent One. He's going to come on you and his power is going to overshadow you. Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Are you feeling the effects of the shadow? Psalm 121, verse 5. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. <laughs> Say, the Lord is my shade. Shade is good. Amen? And we can dwell in that shade. Go to Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 51, verse 16. I have put my words in your mouth, and I have covered you there in the shadow of my hand. Say, God's got me covered. <laughs> that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth, that I can say unto Zion, You are my people. Do you remember in Exodus 33? Where Moses was asking God, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Okay, God said, I'm going to show it to you, but you can only see my backside. What did he do? He put Moses in the cleft of the rock, and he covered him with his hands, and he went past him, and Moses got to see the backside of God. He got to see the glory of God, but God had him shadowed. If he just saw the glory full on, he'd have exploded. Literally. Because God said, you can't see my glory in this state as a, as a human being, right? But we know that on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? There was a shadow that came over them. Peter, Peter, James, and John, they were with Jesus on the Mount. And he was transfigured before them in all of his brilliance, all of his glory. They got to see a glimpse of the glory because remember what he said? There's going to be some standing here that won't taste death until they see me in my glory. That was a promise. And the glory appeared and they got to see Jesus in all of his splendor, all of his glory. And he's having a conversation with Moses and Elijah. And Peter said, we need to build some places here. Now we need to camp here. This is good. So the Holy Spirit, he comes on you and he overshadows you 
that means you have the energy of the Holy Ghost. The energy of the Holy Ghost. That means that you can experience the goodness of God without being consumed. I mean, He's a fire that doesn't consume me. It's a fire that you can touch and won't be harmed, won't be burned. Amen? And after he, he comes on you and He overshadows you, then He births life into you. That thing which will be born will be born of the Holy Ghost. You've got some Holy Ghost seed on the inside of you. Amen? He births something. He plants His seed in you. He activates His Word in you. It begins to grow in you and it comes out of you. Hallelujah! And there came a time when Elizabeth, who was carrying John six months older, do you realize that when God spoke to Zechariah, Gabriel went to Mary six months later because Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. So six months time. And then, after Mary visited Elizabeth, the Bible says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened when she was filled with the Holy Spirit? Explosive, energetic power was on the inside of her. And it came out in the form of words and praise. It came out. She began to speak. Anytime that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your mouth is going to be in motion. You can't be filled like this. <laughs> You are going to have to use your mouth to release what's on the inside. Your mouth is the cap, and it's not going to get. You're not going to experience overflow until you open your mouth. You open your mouth. Say, my mouth needs to be open. God doesn't. You're not a puppet. God doesn't put His hand in you and go, "Okay, now speak." You're a person. And he knows that if you have received him, you're willing to speak for him. Zechariah, when John was born, they said, what are you going to name him? You know, they had a certain way to name him according to the family. And Elizabeth, fiery little Elizabeth, his name would be John. I mean, she was really rescuing her husband. Thank God for Elizabeth. She held the family together because that client couldn't speak for nine months. Right? So Elizabeth had to do all the talking, praise God. And she said, His name will be John. And he looked at Zachariah. He said, So there's no one. And he said, Give me a tablet. He's motioning because he can't. The minute he said, His name shall be John, the minute he started to write, his faith was activated because he finally believed the message. It took him nine months, but he finally believed the message. See, it's about time, Zachariah. <laughs> Right? And once he believed the message, what was the first thing that was loose in his life? His mouth. What was the first? He began to prophesy about his son yeah. and about Jesus. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And then, when Elizabeth, when Mary walked into Elizabeth's house, and Elizabeth, she was like, what you doing, John? John's knocking at the door because he said, I'm about to be a forerunner for that guy that just came in right there. And the Bible says that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he did leaps in the womb. Yeah. 
He was doing flip-flops on the inside. And sometimes when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you do flip-flops on the inside. Amen? But the miracle of His presence and the miracle of the Holy Spirit what brought the Christmas story to life. God with you, but also God in you. Amen? So he overshadows, he comes upon, and the angel even told uh, Joseph, he said, that which is born in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. This is a Holy Ghost thing. Say, this is a Holy Ghost thing. Say, there's no party like the Holy Ghost party. I'm telling you, they had a party at Christmas. That first Christmas, man, it was full of joy. It was celebration. There were things happening. Angels were appearing. Dreams were being fulfilled. Divine manifestations were occurring. Messages were being delivered. Lives were being changed. And guess what? It's still happening today. Amen? It's still happening today. Hallelujah. Some of you could need some, some of you could use some coming upon. And some overshadowing. And something being birthed on the inside. How about having a healing being birthed on the inside? Amen? Say, I have, I have healing seed, healing seed. On, the on the inside of me. Because isn't the word an incorruptible seed? Yep. So you've got the incorruptible seed, you've got healing seed. There's no flaw in the word. The Word is effective and powerful, and it works today in Palmyra just like it did in Jerusalem. Just like it did in Bethlehem. Just like it did in Nazareth. There's no difference. It's the same Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Let me read this. 1 Corinthians um, Chapter 12. If you want to follow along, you can. Oh, my, my. My, my. My, my, my. And you know what God gave to the church? He gave us spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have... You ignorant. God doesn't want us to be ignorant about His gifts. Amen. Amen. The greatest gift He gave to the world was Jesus. The greatest gift He gave to the church was the Holy Ghost. And He doesn't want us ignorant. Say, I'm not ignorant. (laughs) You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols. (laughs) I love the Bible. There was another passage that said God cast out a devil and it was dull. <laughs> oh, idols are dumb. The devil is dumb. And I lost my page. <laughs> Wherefore, I give you to understand. Does God want you to understand? Yes. That no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. That means you don't contradict the Word either. If you contradict the Word, you're not speaking by the Spirit because He's the Spirit of truth. And that 
No man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Here's what I wanted to get at. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Everybody say the same Spirit. Same Spirit. In other words, different gifts, same Spirit. Did you know that our God is diverse in the way He does things? Okay? Verse 5. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. How it's administered is different, but it's the same Lord. Okay? Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. In other words, the manifestations of the Spirit of God are for everyone to benefit. Everyone to profit. God's Word is profitable. God's Holy Spirit is profitable. His gifts are profitable. We witness a gift every Sunday called tongues and interpretation. I never know who's going to give the tongue. I just know that I'm going to give the interpretation. It's not a word-for-word translation. It's an interpretation of what God is saying in the moment. Amen? And God... The same Holy Ghost that overshadowed Mary, the same Holy Ghost that came upon Mary, the same Holy Ghost that birthed something in Mary, He does the same thing for us today because He doesn't change. He comes on you, He overshadows you, He births something in you, and He lives in you. Amen? Now, who's here? You came here today with a need in your life. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need help. Maybe you need wisdom. Maybe you need direction. Maybe you need strength. I don't know. But you know what you need. We're family here. And when someone responds to receive from God to to what we call the altar call, it's not an embarrassing thing. It's where we get our help. You know, it's not by the eloquence of someone's words, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. And Paul encouraged the Corinthians to put their faith in the power of God. And I want you to do that today. I want you to put your faith in the power of God. And I don't even care what the need is. You know what you need. And if you have a need, I want you to stand up right where you are, right now. In the name of Jesus. And just like God worked in the Christmas story, He's working in your story today. He works all things out for His will. 